0: On today's show, I go over a groundbreaking strategy that not everyone abides by in the world of football. You play to win the game. Before we get there, I would like to give you one reason why gambling should be legal everywhere. Notre Dame Fighting Irish against the Wisconsin Badgers takes place this Saturday from Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. Notre Dame is a six and a half point underdog. I will be taking the points with the Fighting Irish. Under center for them is Jack Cohn, quarterback who's played quite nicely through 3 games. What makes this very interesting, he is playing against his old team, the Wisconsin Badgers, from where he tra- from where he transferred. Setting up a very emotionally charged matchup between both of these sides, Wisconsin I watched them week one against Penn State. They took 95 plays to score 10 points. I can't get that offensive performance out of my head. I see it in my nightmares. If anybody has a good therapist that they see that they could offer up to me to try and just wash my memory from this offensive performance, I would be very appreciative. Notre Dame, they've played essentially two and a half squeakers, squeaked out a win against Florida State, squeaked out a win against Toledo, half squeaked out a win against Purdue on Saturday. Now, there's a basic rule of gambling. If you have two teams that may or may not be good, and I have no idea with either one of these. They might be good, they might not. I I honestly can't tell. If you're in that situation and one is getting nearly a touchdown via the spread, you just take the points. You snatch them, you grab them. Six and a half points. Notre Dame, good. Take it, grab it, run with it. We have our reason why gambling should be legal everywhere because in a battle of badger and leprechaun, the pot of gold can only come from betting. Betting upon the leprechaun. And now... Sports with Chris Roll. One of the most iconic quotes of all time comes from a man named Herm Edwards, who currently coaches the Arizona State Sun Devils. The time of this quote, he was coaching the New York Jets, and he got asked who knows what kind of question in a press conference, and he was all fired up, and he goes, you play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite press conferences from a coach. And shockingly, the amount of truth contained within those words, you play to win the game, it is a truth that a surprising amount of teams and coaches don't abide by to the fullest extent as I'm going to talk about within this show. Now, there's a general rule of thumb in football coaching. You simply ask, what would Bill Belichick do in this situation? You know, WWBBD, put it on a bracelet and just look down at it. If you're a coach, every time you have a decision and go, what do you think Bill would do? And then you do that. That's a very simple rule also, much like you play to win the game. Now, when it comes to Belichick, the greatest football coach of all time, there are some things that he does that you just can't replicate. Um, you know, his, his actual understanding of opposing offensive schemes and how to systematically dismantle their rules, that's exclusive to Bill Belichick's brain, much in the same way that Aaron Rodgers' physical tools, they're kind of exclusive to him. You can't necessarily replicate the way that he throws the ball 50 yards downfield on a dime like he did Monday night to Devontae Adams against the Lions. Belichick's brain, there are parts of that that are the same. However, there are a lot of other things that are quite simple and replicable for people who just merely look and see and look at their bracelet and say, oh, what would Bill do? It's that right there. A good example of that would be the way that the New England Patriots always coach and practice to their players. Hey, if you have the ball and you're by the goal line, you never reach for the pylon. You never reach for the end zone unless it's fourth down. Never, ever, not in a million years. The risk is not worth the reward. How many times do we see on Saturday and Sunday, a team looks like they're going in for a touchdown and they reach for the pylon and a defender hits them and the ball pops through? And now, what we thought was a touchdown is actually turnover, opposing team's ball at the 20. It's one of the most crippling plays that could possibly happen in a football game. That's why New England says, don't ever do it. And this is shockingly something that is not mimicked by every single team at every single level high school, college, NFL. There are very few teams that actually just teach this very simple concept. Hey, you know what would screw our team over big time? If we fumbled going into the end zone. So let's just not do that. Why why would this not be something that is incorporated by everyone? Especially when you're hearkening back to the words of Herm Edwards and going, yeah, you play to win the game. Well, what gives us the best chance to win? Just eliminating small mistakes. Let's start there. I want to go back to a moment in time. uh, When it comes to what would Bill Belichick do? Kind of a seminal moment for him. Uh, That caused a firestorm of controversy at the time. 2009 season, November 15th. The 8-0 Colts are hosting the 6-2 Patriots. Enormous game. It's the Sunday night football game. Everybody's fired up for it. I'm fired up for it. We're all watching at home. Pats, it's right near the end of the game. Just over two minutes to go. Colts are out of timeouts. Patriots are leading 34-28. And they have a 4th and 2 from their own 28-yard line. So in this scenario, a first down seals the game. Uh, and Belichick, rather than punting the ball back to Manning and the best offense in football that year, he made a determination. He said, mm, I trust Tom Brady and this offense to get two yards. I think that's in our best interest. We're playing to win this game. And I don't really want to punt back to that offense and try to stop them, especially because they've scored a bunch in this game already. 28 points. So Belichick says we are going for it. I can still remember this moment because Collinsworth and Al Michaels are on the call and they're freaking out about it and everybody throughout the world is freaking out about it because this is at a time when fourth down aggressiveness, it's not really widely accepted by coaches or by just your general fan. They run an out route to Kevin Falk. He's tackled a half yard short of the first down line. Uh, The Colts end up scoring with 13 seconds to go. uh, Peyton Manning to Reggie Wayne. They kick the extra point. They win by one. This week was just everybody on planet Earth coming out and destroying this decision. There's nothing that media and fans love more than hanging a coach's decision out to dry simply based upon the result. Now, I want to make note of that real quick because there's a distinction that always has to happen when it comes to coaching decisions. If you have a sound process in place, you trust that more times than not, that process will give you the best chance to win. That doesn't mean every single time it will work. Sometimes you will go for it on fourth and two and not get it. In Belichick's case, this was one of those times. Unfortunately, it was a Sunday night game against an undefeated team and everybody jumped out and crucified him. Everybody's freaked out while it was happening. They were even more freaked out and mad after it happened and they didn't get it. Uh, Nothing makes old school football brains more mad than going for it on fourth down, especially when you don't get it. Their brains can't even process the idea behind going for it. You know, you always punt, you always play defense. Belichick, the most brilliant football mind that we have ever seen, in that moment, he said, "Mm, we're engaged in a shootout against the best offense in football. And I'm going to put the onus on this particular play and leave it in our offense's hands. Didn't work that time. But if you're him, you're trusting that over the course of time, that will work in our favor. Now, obviously, Bill Belichick is not the pioneer of going for it on fourth down. By today's standards, he's somewhere in the middle of the pack when it comes to aggressiveness on that particular down. However, when you're thinking about that important rule that I mentioned earlier, the bracelet rule, what would Bill Belichick do? And you think about this particular decision, you start to understand how the best coaches and this case, the very best coach, they're continually maximizing every single edge in order to help their team win. Again, the echo of Herm Edwards' words, you play to win the game. So when it comes to maximizing your edge, Belichick is also a great coach to follow after because by all accounts, he is just a total obsessive, leave no stone unturned style coach. Sometimes that's, Play calling in the moment, aggressiveness in the moment, and other times it's just very simple things like teaching your players not to stretch out and try to score a touchdown at the goal line. Another coach who follows this philosophy, the no stone unturned philosophy, the, let's maximize every single edge because this is the NFL and the margins between winning and losing, they are quite small. Another coach who follows that is John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. One of the best coaches of his era has a Super Bowl title under his belt. He's continually in the mix for playoffs with the Baltimore Ravens. And when it comes to fourth downs, he's also kind of an interesting coach to examine because he is one of the most aggressive coaches when it comes to going for it on that particular down in present day. I want to examine a particular moment in time when it comes to John Harbaugh. And again, I'll reiterate this. I would love for people to think about these decisions as parts of a process rather than the way that they are usually treated by media and fans, which is if you go for it on fourth down and get it, it was brilliant. If you don't, you are a clown. It's more interesting to examine as part of this full-fledged process of I'm trying to maximize our edges, and I know that this won't always work in our favor, but I'm trusting that mathematically speaking, this gives us an edge over the opposition. If we do this every single time, we just know going in, we're going to be aggressive on this particular down. That's what John Harbaugh has determined. We have fourth and short in plus territory. We're just going to go for it. We don't think about it. We can call plays knowing that. That's one of the ways that he has said, I think this gives my team the best chance at winning. And indeed, we play to win the game. So, this particular moment in time is actually two years ago to the day, September 22nd, 2019. A matchup that just occurred on Sunday Ravens at Chiefs. In this particular game, this 2019 game, the Chiefs win a very close, hard fought battle by five points 33 28. Back and forth. You know you're going to have to score points because you're playing the Chiefs. That's just how all of their games work. And Harbaugh comes into this game with an aggressive mindset, like he always does. And one time, the Ravens are stuffed on fourth down, turnover on downs. Three different times they go for two-point conversions, and they don't get them any of the times. So much like the Belichick decision in 2009... Uh, people really love jumping in on this one and looking at it as just this simple result was the Ravens lost and the process in this particular game, it wasn't sound because they lost. So everybody's getting on the case, the media, they love jumping in on this fans. They love jumping in on this. You went for it on three or you went for a two point conversion, three different times. You didn't get any of it. That's three points left on the board. Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker could have kicked extra points. You got stuffed on a fourth down. Well, you could have punted and played field position, that kind of stuff. So after the game, Harbaugh, he doesn't back down because it's John Harbaugh. And I will give him immense props in a lot of areas. One of those is Harbaugh believes in his coaching philosophy. So after the game, he doesn't back down. And he gives a quote in a postgame presser. This comes from the Associated Press. And again, this is John Harbaugh talking about his decisions in that game. I don't remember the situation or which was what, but every one of those was clear analytical decisions to go for two. We had a mindset that we were going to come in and try to score as many points as we could. So that's what we tried to do, end quote. Now, again, we are talking about very simple truths that aren't necessarily followed to a T by a lot of coaches and teams in football. That would check that box, trying to score as many points as you can. Yet another incredible football truth, trying to score, especially when you are playing the best offensive team in football, the Kansas City Chiefs, or any of the teams that are the best, whether it's the Buccaneers or look at the other teams, they're all going to score 30 points, vast majority of the time. So you got to try and match that. Sunday night football, we come full circle. Two years later, Matthew McConaughey was right. Time is indeed a flat circle. Because as I talked about on Monday's show, there's a very big decision in that game that John Harbaugh is now praised for because it went well for Baltimore. Uh, It comes from the same place that he made those decisions in 2019 when his team lost. Uh, Trust in our identity. We are an aggressive team. We're going to try to score as many points as we can, especially when we're playing the best teams in football. Uh, There's a minute left in the Sunday night football game. Ravens are nursing a one-point lead. Chiefs are out of timeouts. They have a fourth and one at their own 43. We've all seen the highlights. We all probably watched it live. He's going to Lamar. You want to go for it? Lamar, hell yeah, I want to go for it. All right, back out. Let's trust in the strength of our football team. We're not going to leave this up to our defense that's already given up 35 points at this time. We're going to tap into that same thing that Bill Belichick did in 2009. Lamar, get behind the line and run. You are the most dynamic runner in football, possibly. And we're going to trust that we can get this first down against a defense that has struggled immensely against the run in general, and especially this season. So they run first down. They're hugging, they're high-fiving, everybody's freaking out. Media fans jumping in. Oh, Harbaugh, what a genius, amazing, amazing, amazing. It's this double standard that we love to engage with that's just based simply upon a result. And I want you to make note of that, just double standard in general, because I'll be talking more about that tomorrow when it comes to footballs and kind of how, or when it comes to quarterbacks in football and how we evaluate them. In this particular realm, today's show, coaching decisions that are praised or annihilated simply based upon the result. I never, like, I never agree with. Coaching decisions that are part of a process, that's what I like to examine. Because when they come from the place that Belichick and Harbaugh come from, two of the best coaches in football, I always understand it and go, hmm, other people should be mimicking what they do. And when I look at coaches on the bottom end of the spectrum and see them doing very different things as part of what they think the identity of their team is, and whether or not they should be conservative or aggressive, then I can start to nitpick. Now, when we talk about Harbaugh and coming full circle, these decisions made in 2019 against the Chiefs, the decision that was made on Sunday night against the Chiefs, it's also interesting to examine another quote from him that pertains to the 2019 game that he gave a couple months later in that year to The Athletic really interesting to talk about in the context of what happened on Sunday night. So this comes from Shio Kapadia of The Athletic. And again, this is John Harbaugh talking about that 2019 game against the Chiefs that the Ravens lost. I don't know why people don't understand. It's just a strategy. It's just an approach you take to the game based on what you think gives you the best chance to win. It's not like you're trying not to win. End quote what gives you the best chance to win? Let's just continue on with the simple truths that are profound if you engage with them and are not always engaged with correctly. Uh, They sound stupid when you repeat them out loud. That's why I, I grin when I say, what gives you the best chance to win? But Yet, I watch every week in college and the NFL, and it seems like a lot of coaches have built up identities that don't lean into that to the fullest extent. Let's leave no stone unturned. Let's mimic what the very best coaches who have incredible track records at putting winning football teams out there every single year. Let's mimic what they're doing, whether it's Bill Belichick, whether it's John Harbaugh, whether it's Andy Reid. All of these coaches, they create and evaluate their game plan every single week with this in mind. What gives us the best chance to win? It's not the exact same every week. And again, there's not a 100% script that you can follow that will just be true across the board regardless of the team. You have to evaluate and identify stuff about your own team, evaluate and identify stuff about the opposition. And then in the flow of the game, sometimes you got to fill it out. That's part of the coaching process. For Harbaugh, Sunday night, it means we are going for it on fourth and one with the game on the line in our own territory when if we don't get it, I know that the Chiefs are probably going to win and I'm going to be publicly crucified just like Bill Belichick was in 2009. Just like I was after that 2019 game. Uh, The separation in mind and execution between these coaches at the top, your Belichicks, your Harbaugh's, your Reed's. And those at the bottom, it is immense. And again, in a sport where the margins are very small between who wins and who loses, that is enormous. So I'll close today's show by examining one moment in particular from Sunday. When it just kind of comes to establishing identity and trying to win the game looking at your team and looking at the opposition and identifying what gives us the best chance to win. I'll talk about the Texans coach David Coley for a second. Brand new coach. And before I get into this particular decision, I will give him immense props because the Texans already are significantly better than anyone expected. They're 1 and 1 outright, they're 2 and 0 against the spread. Good teams win or good coaches win, great coaches cover. By that standard, David Coley's so far a great coach. He has been put in a very unfortunate position with the whole Deshaun Watson saga hanging over the Texans' head. No one really knows what they're trying to do as an organization when it comes to management and building this team. I couldn't tell you. I don't think they could tell you. So it's not the ideal scenario for a coach to be there. However, when it comes to maximizing edges, when it comes to giving your team the best chance to win, There's one decision that comes from Sunday that really deserves questioning in the context of everything that I've been talking about today. Texans are playing the Browns. Texans are 13-point underdogs. They actually play a very competitive football game up until Tyrod Taylor goes out with injury. And even then, they still end up covering with David Mills closing the last quarter in change. While Tyrod Taylor is still there, It's the second quarter. The game is tied 7-7. And Houston has a 3rd and 15 from its own 38-yard line. They call a play. Taylor finds Brandon Cook's 13-yard gain. So now it sets up a 4th and 2 from the Cleveland 49-yard line. Okay, follow me. However, Tack McKinley on the Browns. He jumps off sides. So now, you know, there's one of two things you could do. The first, most people would not do it. It's incredibly aggressive, and I personally would not do it. You decline the penalty. You have fourth and two at midfield, and you say, yeah, we're the underdog. We're 13-point underdog. We're trying to win. We're playing with house money. Nobody expects us to win. So let's take that fourth and two. Let's go for it. Let's get it. This will send a message to the Browns and to ourselves that we are here to win this game. The second one, which the vast majority of... Coaches, fans, whoever, myself would choose is accept the offsides penalty. Replay third down. Now you have a third and 10 from your own 43-yard line. If you get it, great. If you get eight yards, you're in the same scenario. Maybe you go for it, maybe you don't. That's up to the coach. If you don't get it and it's fourth and 10 now, you just punt and live to fight another day, okay? These are the two options that I would have said there were only two options before Sunday occurred. And yet David Coley looked at this situation and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to decline the penalty. I'm going to set up fourth and two from the Cleveland 49. Then I'm going to send out the punt team and punt the ball, which is what happened. In a 7-7 game, as 13-point underdogs. The Texans declined the penalty and then punted to Cleveland. I mean, what, what are we even doing here? I honestly, I've never seen this. I think I was talking about on Monday's show just how many times I seem to utter on a Saturday or a Sunday. I don't think I've ever seen that. And this was another one of those moments. A coach determined, This was maybe the best chance for my team to win a game. I don't know how you could ever, using a logical brain, arrive at that destination. After the game, this is what David Coley says about the decision. This comes from Dan Gartland of Sports Illustrated. We felt like, at that point, we felt like we could have a chance to be able to get better field position to hold them. End quote. So I could close this show by just banging my head against this desk for about 10 minutes. However, I don't want to risk concussion. I don't know how perverse you all are and want to listen to somebody hit their head against a desk for 10 minutes. So I'll just reiterate a lot of things that I've said on the show before. The NFL is an offensive league. The very best teams all possess very explosive offenses. The Cleveland Browns are one of those teams in present day. They are going to score points. And if you want to take all the simple truths we've talked about today, You probably should try to score as many points as you can. You play to win the game. You probably should try to give your chance, give your team the best chance to win. Now you can have different opinions on the best route to victory to a certain extent. Again, there's gray area within this entire discussion. But I can assure you this decision is not one of those areas. It's just a simple black and white scenario where you say, does this give us the best chance to win? Or should we just take the third and 10 and try to get a first down and try to score? Maybe that's in our best interest. Instead of acting like it's a 1944 Army-Navy game, it's going to end six to four, and let's just punt because we can get better filled position to hold them. That's not it. That's just not. Can you imagine a world where Bill Belichick or John Harbaugh or Andy Reid is put in this scenario and sends out his punt team on fourth and two after declining a penalty that would give them multiple downs to try and get a first down. Imagine a world where that occurred. My head would probably explode. I wouldn't even have a head left to bang upon this table. So these are simple truths. But in a sport... Where the margins are so small, every possible edge matters. I talk about this nonstop, but it just seems like there are people who exist that want to go contrary to this all the time. Trying to score as many points as you can, that matters. Shocking. So coaches at the bottom of the league, trying to give their team the best chance to win, merely need to look in the mirror and ask one simple question. Look at that bracelet. What would Bill Belichick do? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at CEO.com.